0: All right, let's turn to the book of Exodus tonight. We're going to be in Exodus chapter number 23. Exodus chapter number 23. Thank you for the music. And uh, uh, the congregational music was great, uh, especially from what I could hear myself. Um, That was great. The choir did a great job. Uh, The orchestra did a great job. And uh, you sound even better than you sound over there through my office wall. But uh, I did a wonderful job. And of course, the group that just sang, and I'm thankful for it. Uh, the music which just, just it just goes so well with the service. I'm going to preach this this evening a message that ties in with this this morning. It's a continuation of this morning. This morning was intended to be a challenge uh, to us and a reminder to us of the opportunity that's in front of us and our responsibility. And uh, I've 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 gotten a lot of uh, feedback on the message this morning, and and I tell you all that there are people who watch our live stream all over the world, and uh, I know and Brother Daniel Jim was telling me that he heard from his dad. Um, apparently, they watch from out in New Mexico the service. They're starving for preaching out there, um, and so they watch. And uh, as I was going through all of the statistics in Jacksonville, and his dad was offended that I didn't mention the percentage of Navajos in Jacksonville and reaching the Navajos that are in Jacksonville. And so I don't know if he's watching now or taking his nap in his easy chair or whatever, but uh, the message I would send back, based on the Navajos that I've met, I'm not interested in having any more in our church. And so, um, so I, that's just... You know we have a heart for people, but it only goes so far and so uh but um uh, certainly we're reminded of the of the need of the hour and I want to just preach on a and I'm going to be uh very methodical, make a lot of statements tonight and we're going to close the service a little bit different than we normally do and uh, i I say this and you and you You'll gasp when I say it, but I do not believe that I will be very long tonight because I see, (laughs) just because I don't have an outline doesn't mean we're going to be all over the place tonight, Um, but uh, I I have a specific purpose that I want to accomplish this evening, and I think it will be very clear when I do accomplish it, um, because I believe in what I preach this morning, I believe when I say the Lord wants us to double, I believe He wants us to do that. Uh, because that number represents a lot of souls, it represents homes, it represents families uh, who need the gospel and who need a church family and need uh, the institution of the church that the Lord founded and what it will do for them. And so uh, I believe that there's a pattern, there's a way to do it, and I'm going to talk about that tonight, and I believe it will help us. God does not command us to do something that He will not enable us to do. Uh, that's not the way God works. God doesn't say, go do something, and doesn't enable us to do it. There's a way to do it. Now, we have to do it His way if we're going to do it, but there is a way to do it. And so I want us to read the book of Exodus 23. We'll read two verses tonight, verse 29 and verse 30. Exodus chapter number 23. I will not drive them out from before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. Now, think back. We talked about the book of Deuteronomy and the fulfillment of God's promise to uh, his people on the promised land. And he's giving instruction of how he's going to do it. Uh, He says in verse 29, I will not drive them out from before thee in one year. Now, I'll just remind you very quickly, if they're going to go to a land, there's people already in that land. There's God's enemies already in that land. There's obstacles already in that land. Now, he's telling them to go, and we spent over a year on Occupy. They're the land, possess the land. And he says, I will not drive them out from before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. Look at verse 30, by little and little, I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. I would like for you, if you do mark in your Bible, I would encourage you to do so. I would would like for you to, to underline that phrase in verse 30, by little and little. That little phrase that is easy to be overlooked, I believe, is a key to understanding how God works, is a key to understanding how God will do a work in your life, how he'll do a work in your marriage, how he'll do a work in your home, how he'll do a work in a church and through a church, how he'll do a work in in a nation. And so I'm going to use this text tonight, and I want to speak on this subject. I've given this title, One by One one by one. Let's see how the Lord helps us. Father, we certainly love you and thank you for a good day we've already had. We thank you for the blessings that you've already bestowed upon us. Father, the the fact that we can call a church like this our home, the fact that we can fellowship with one another. We have a church family who loves us, a church family we love. Father, already we've had a way to participate in giving honor and glory to you through the music and the singing unto you, the worship unto you. We've had an opportunity to uh, participate in uh, the offering, uh, the fellowship, the encouragement of one another. And Father, as we look into your word again, may you take what you've put in my heart, may you give me the ability to uh, express it in a way that uh, would bring honor to you, in a way that you would see fit. And Father, may we as a church decide to take what is said tonight, uh, take, get a hold of it, and uh, do what you would have us to do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, just as an introductory tonight, I, I just want to make a few statements and then we'll get into uh, the text. But as I look at my responsibility, I must understand that my heritage, my personal heritage as a Christian, as a, as a preacher, and as a pastor, my heritage is a heritage of church building. Your pastor is not interested in just filling a position. Your pastor is not here just so that he can add to his resume. I, my heritage is a heritage of building a church for the Lord. Now, how do we do that? He tells us how to do it. He says, I will build my church. We're to go and be obedient. Um, that's the influence that I have been under. That's the influence that I have. Maybe you say, well, my, my family, we, they don't do things a little different in their church or whatever. Well, their heritage may be a little different. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying this is my heritage. I have a desire to build a church, not a following. I, I, my desire is to preach the word of God, is to build lives by the word of God. That's my desire. My desire as the pastor, all of my decisions as the pastor are all related to building a church for God. Building a work for God. What is going to bring honor to His name? Uh, we're not passing out a survey throughout the community saying, what do you want in a church? God has already told us what the world needs in a church. It is up to us to act accordingly so that we can build a work for God. My goal and my dream, and if the Lord would allow it, would be long after, if the Lord, Terry, is just coming, long after I've crossed into the other side and, and, and I, I'm in heaven one day and a new generation comes on that the Emmanuel Baptist Church will still be pressing on. Emmanuel Baptist Church will still be uh, preaching the, the the Word of God and that would be a great honor as the church has been built for His honor and glory. My focus is to... Build a church. That's why I preached like I preached last Sunday night. Because I'm not a hireling. I want to protect God's people. My focus is to build a church that impacts the world. You cannot impact the world with the world. You can't do it. So we want to impact the world the way that God says to impact the world. I believe with my whole heart what I preached this morning is the key to reaching the world with the gospel if every church would start with their own home, if every church would start with their own neighborhood, if every church would start with their own community, we could reach the world with the gospel. My focus is to build a church that impacts the world, not a coalition of missions, not a network of believers. I believe in the local church. My vision, just in case you were wondering, My vision is not hundreds, but thousands. That's my vision. My goal is not to break a hundred in our ministry of Christian education. It's to break a thousand. If we're going to reach people with the gospel, why why do we become satisfied with a little bit when there's a lot that can be reached with the gospel? Just as I understand that sometimes when I talk about things like that, and sometimes when I have pictures posted on a wall of not one building two building but multiple buildings and this is what i believe the lord wants us to do there are some who would say okay at least he's a dreamer what that means is it ain't ever going to happen but at least he thinks it's going to happen but i believe that god still wants to do a work and i'm going to put my finger on this evening how i think it can get done Just as God promised the children of Israel he would give them the promised land by his power, we will depend on his power to do what it is that God would have us to do. As we read the scripture, it was important for God's people, the children of Israel, to follow God's command. Was it not? It is equally important for you and I as his church to follow his command. It is equally, this church is just as important as the church in Jerusalem. It's his church. This is the day we live in. This is where God has put us in time and history. This is where God has placed us, in Jacksonville, Florida. The, the, the neighbors that we have, God knew they would be our neighbors. He, the people we work with, He knew who we would work with. This is an important hour. Now, how are we going to do this? Now, notice your text. He says, I will not drive them out from before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate. I think we're missing this as God's people. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of good men, good churches, who I believe we're miss, we're missing this. If I want to do something for God, we need to do it right away. And we try and shortcut what God wants to do. If we're going to do a work, hear me, and some of you can testify to this because you've been at this a long time. You've been a part of this church a long time. You've seen a lot of things done for the cause of Christ. It takes a lifetime to do a life's work. A lot of times we want a life's work in a short amount of time. That's not how it works. You have to live a lifetime to have a life's work. And it's going to take God's people saying, I'm going to give my life to do what it is that God would have us to do. He says, I'll not drive them out from for thee in one year. God, give it to us right now. Well, I have prayed that prayer, I'll just be honest with you, a lot. God, we need it. God, we got to have it. God, this is the direction that you've sent us. Drive them out from before thee in one year. I have to be honest with you, after our first year, when I thought we'd have the financing in place and everything, I said, okay, God, you said in one year, this is year two. Well, God didn't do it in year two either. Tune in next week, and and we'll we'll, we'll catch up on that. Lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against it. God said, I'm not going to remove it all at one time. I'm not going to remove the enemies, because then the wild animals will take over. A lot of times we say, God, why don't you give it to us right now? Because God has a plan. God knows how it works. But notice in verse 30, by little and little, I want to make a few statements based on that little by little. First of all, God is not in a hurry. God is not in a hurry. I get in a hurry. You get in a hurry. We get in a hurry. God is not in a hurry. Why is God not in a hurry? God's eternal. Say, well, Pastor, the reason why we're in a hurry is we're not. Well, we have an eternal soul, but I know what you mean. Our, Our time on this earth is not forever. It's limited. We have so many years to make a contribution to the cause of Christ, and we try to get in a hurry, and not for a bad reason. We want to do more and more and more and more and more, but we have to be reminded God is not in a hurry. God is a God that is not bound by time. Do you realize that God will use a century to accomplish one thing? God will use a life just to influence one life. You say, well, I'm going to live 70, 80 years and all I'm going to ever do, don't, don't underestimate that one life. The point I'm making is God is not in a hurry. Parents, let me help you. If your kid is five, they don't have it all together. Babe, we got to talk. We got to talk. Johnny is just not getting it. He is just not contributing to society like he should. Well, honey, he's three. Now, if Johnny is 25, there's a conversation that needs to be had. But, but God does a work over time. And this did, I didn't intend for this to turn into any, any parenting help tonight, but you got them for 18 years. It takes some time. God is not in a hurry. God's not in a hurry with a new convert. He's not in a hurry when he does a work. Next statement, little by little gets you where you need to go. God made a promise to his people that he would give them that land, and he said, I will make it available to you little by little. Now, yes or no, were they still going to get to where they needed to go? Yes. Little by little, we don't like little by little, and we want it all, and that's one one of the big dangers and the big temptations for this generation now is we want it all right now. And we want everything the previous generations had. We want everything given to us right now. There's something to little by little. You'll still get what you need. You'll still get where you need to be. Little by little still get you where you need to go. Little by little requires consistency and focus. Little by little is a character thing. It requires consistency Focus, faith, there's something to somebody who will do the same thing over and over and over again for year after year after year after year after year. Little by little requires consistency and focus. Little by little makes you stronger. Little by little makes you stronger. You having to take little steps in your Christian life will make you stronger spiritually. You having to wait on God will make you stronger. You know, something I've got to remind myself and we all have to remind ourselves is God knows what we need when we need it. And truth of the matter is, if God answered some of our prayers when we wanted them answered, we wouldn't be ready for what God gave us. We'd squander it. Man, and some of you have gotten to that place, you get to the place of retirement, and you've saved and you've invested wisely, and you get and you get to a place where you you can say, Man, I'm I'm comfortable, I've got it all here. Man, I wish I'd have had this at twenty-five. I could have really enjoyed it then. You'd have blown it at twenty-five. See, little by little makes us stronger. God is not in a hurry. God works little by little. Now, Let's apply this, and I'm going to keep my word. I'm not far from being done. Just about an hour away, but I'm not far. (laughs) If we're going to double our attendance this year, how are we going to do it? Little by little or one by one? Before you get to any number, you must first start with one. Before you can count to two, you've got to get to one. Before you can count to 100, you've got to get to one. Before you accomplish anything, you must have the first one. You must have the start. How are we going to reach our city? How are we going to reach our community? How are we going to reach our loved ones? One by one. Now, the truth of the matter is, if we all work hard and God chooses to fill this building next Sunday, I'd rejoice in that. But how are we going to read it? One by one. And sometimes we get frustrated because we don't see something big. And especially in the social media world, something big seems to happen. Everybody seems to be gravitating to it because it is big. Let me help you with what that is it's a flash of the pan. It's here and it's gone. Man, did you hear that they had this tent crusade for four weeks? Show me the fruits of that now. But show me a group of people who every week, get on their, every day get on their knees and pray, and, and every week stand and faithfully teach a Sunday school class, and every week run a bus into a neighborhood, and, and every week they're a witness to their neighbors, and every week they, they want to get somebody to church, and over time, you see God do a great work. Multitudes are made up of individuals. This is one of the fascinating things to me about our Lord and certainly true about Him. And It's hard for me to wrap my mind about it, but it certainly encourages me. When you read of Jesus and, just for example, feeding the 5,000, He was aware. In that multitude, He knew everybody's name. He knew their needs. He knew exactly how hungry they were. I believe this. I mean, Scripture doesn't spell this out. And, you know, I did a series, little series on this not too long ago. I believe as he ble- broke that bed, bread and he blessed it and he gave it to the disciples to, 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 to uh, distribute, I think everybody got exactly how much they needed to fill them. Multitudes. You think of the story this morning. Jesus going to reach one man in the multitudes who touched me. See, multitudes are made up of individuals. Every day we drive the work through multitudes. They're individuals. How do we add as a church, how do we add a hundred families to our church in the next ten months? Now a family could be a single man, a single lady. It could be a newly married couple. It can be a Retired couple, it can be a husband and wife with kids, it can be a single mom, a single dad, but how do we add? One by one. That's how we add it. One by one. This is where I want to make it very personable for you and for, for us as a church. And this is, I mean, I'm already in the conclusion, aren't you proud of me? It's a two-page conclusion, but it's the conclusion. With this in mind, little by little, how many believe God can do anything? How many believe God can use you to make a difference in the life of somebody else? See, I say we're going to double our attendance some of you don't believe you can contribute in that. You're for it, but you're hoping everybody else gets a hold of it so because that's just not what you're able to do. That's just not what you do. You're missing something. Everybody can reach somebody. Everybody can get somebody in the house of God. Everybody can get burden for one person and pray for them every single day. God's not expecting anybody here, including your pastor, to, to, to have a burden for every person that lives on every street every single day and pray for them. That's not how it works. All of us can do something. What if... One person decided to win one soul a week for the next 10 weeks. Now we're a church that believes in the gospel, don't we? We believe in soul winning. We believe in being a witness. Three of us do. Okay, good. I'm glad that we believe in that. But we get busy, don't we? We get distracted. We've got our own problems. But what if we just said... somebody said, for the next 10 weeks, no matter what happens, when I get up on Monday morning, every week, I'm going to start looking for one person to win to Christ this week. Now, God may be good and send me somebody that says, what must I do to be saved? But I may have to talk to 10 people this week before I find one that needs the gospel. I may have to give the gospel to five people this week before one is ready to trust Christ. But what if one person said over the next 10 weeks one soul every single week, I'm going to do everything I can do to win one soul over the next ten weeks. Well, it's obvious math. That's ten people who are on their way to hell will then now be on their way to heaven. Well, if that same person decided that they would work to get one of those ten people to church with them in the next ten weeks. That'd be a great thing, wouldn't it? Just over the next 10 weeks, I'm going to get one of the people that I've led to Christ to church with me in the next 10 weeks. What well, if that same person said, I'm going to get, work hard to get one person who I've led to Christ to follow the Lord in believers' baptism in the next 10 weeks. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying, what if one person could do that with 100? But if one person said, in the next 10 weeks, I'm going to get one. What if that same person decided that they would work, they would would pray, they would befriend until they, God used them to add one family, one person to the church in the next 10 weeks. That'd be a good thing, wouldn't it? What if two people decided that? Now we're talking 20 people. We're talking two visitors. We're talking two people taking that next step in their Christian life. We're talking two families in the church. What if ten? See, it doesn't take a lot to make a big difference. A little is a big thing. Little by little can be very, very big. What if 10 people said over the next 10 weeks, I'm going to do everything I can every single, every single week to win one person to Christ? If I've got to talk to 10 people, I'm going to talk to 10 people. If I've, whatever I've got to do, I'm going to do everything I can. Over that 10 weeks, I'm going to get one person in church with me. And I'm going to work, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to befriend somebody, and I'm going to talk to them, and I'm going to help them go through that Christian life, and I'm going to do my best to get them plugged in, part of our church. What if 10 people do that? That's 10 families. What if 25 decided to do that? What if 50? What if 50 people? This is a church that knows how to do what I'm talking about. What if 50 said, I'm going to do everything in my power to see somebody trust Christ as their Savior before next Sunday? That'd be 50 souls. That would come to know Jesus this week. Over 10 weeks, 500 people. That'd be 50 visitors, 50 people taking that next step in their Christian life and baptism. That'd be half of that hundred right there if 50 people said, I'm going to determine, I'm going to do it, I'm going to pray, it's going to be my focus, it's going to be everything that I do. What if they did that? See, a little can make a big difference. What if one person decided that they would go get a neighbor or a co-worker to come to church with them this year? I didn't even say in the next 10 weeks. I said in the next 10 months. What if I would believe that everybody in here could get one person to come to church with them in the next 10 weeks, or in in, in this year? What if two people decide to do that? How about 10? How about 25? 50? So I'm going to do everything I can to get somebody in church this year. See, we look at, Pastor, you're going to double. That's a big number. And well, where are we going to put everybody? And how am I going to do that? And, and boy, boy, somebody better run a bus to do that. You better, Pastor, you better. I don't know how you're going to do that, Pastor. You're busy enough as it is. Friend, I'm telling you that it can be done, but it's done little by little with everybody saying, I'm going to do something to contribute to what God wants to be done in building a church, I might not have the capability, I might not have the time, I might not have the health to to, 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 to add a hundred to the church, but I'll add one. And little by little, God can do a supernatural work. What if... One person decided to win someone to Christ this year, and see that person come to church, follow the Lord and Believers' baptism, join the church, grow, and learn how to win a soul to Christ themselves. If that happened one time, that'd be an awesome thing. But what if that happened ten times? You, want, you know I want to know what would bring, bring a revival spirit more than anything else? Exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. I'm right. What if one person, one member who's never led a soul to Christ, who, if you were honest with me, say, Pastor, I don't really even know how to do that, where to start. What if one member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church who has never had the privilege, who's never learned, maybe you don't know how to win a soul to Christ, or maybe you've never taken that step of faith. What if we had a member who determined this year, I'm going to learn how to do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, with God's help, I'm going to win my first person to Christ. That would be an amazing thing. What if the Emmanuel Baptist Church, we decided that we can do little by little, we can do something and what if, as God asked to the church, what if, as the things that we want to accomplish for the Lord, what if one new family started tithing? What if two? What if ten? What if twenty-five? How much more can we do for the cause of Christ? What if out of a hundred new families, there were 50 children that enrolled in our school. And I would say if, if I had my choice, I'd put them all in kindergarten. What would that, what an opportunity that would be for us to make an impact. What if 10 of those children grew up in our ministry? Just 10. And God put them in the ministry somewhere. Or maybe even a laborer in our own ministry. See, the reason why churches are dying is not because the old-time religion is outdated. It's because we're not reaching people. This is the message. Are you you, everybody with me? Everybody know the point I'm trying to get across? I, my challenge this morning was for us to be focused on the opportunity and the need that is ahead of us. My challenge tonight is very simply who is going to commit? Who is going to commit to the scenario that I described? Is there somebody who would say, Pastor, I've never led a soul to Christ. I don't know how to do it, but, but I'm willing to learn. I'd like to learn. Is there someone who would say, you know, Pastor, I know how to do it, and life has gotten busy. Maybe my health has changed. I can't go out on a Saturday and in, in, in canvas a neighborhood like I used to but I'm going to make a commitment that I will be more aware as I, as I go throughout the week and I'm going to be thinking of ways to talk to my neighbors and, and be, have, have the gospel tracts on me and that way when I encounter somebody I'm going to be quick to witness to them because after all we are missionaries, right? We are missionaries to Jacksonville, Florida. We are missionaries to our neighbors. We are missionaries to, to the people that, that we see in places of business. We are missionaries. God has sent us here. Amen. He's placed us here. I'm going to do my best with God as my helper to talk to as many people as I need to talk to so that I can see one person saved this week. Amen. And I'll commit to do that for the next 10 weeks. And in that, I'm going to do everything I can to get somebody to church with me. I mean, in that 10 weeks, there's Easter Sunday. In that 10 weeks, we're having a friend day. And I'll create whatever day we need to do to give you an opportunity to invite somebody to church. But I'm going to do my part to have somebody in church. And when I win somebody to Christ, I'm not going to fill out that converse slip, and I'm not bringing it down to the church and passing it off. And this is a message for another night, but we need a reprogramming among God's people. I, I asked the staff men this not too long ago. I've studied the book of Acts, and I cannot find where the Christians in the church of in that, in the first church, in that first century church, where they turned in their convert slips. Because they didn't turn them in. Because they were winning their neighbors and their co workers and people down at the market. And then they were getting them to the house of God, and they were teaching them, and they were instructing them They say, Oh, Pastor, we can't do that. You can do a little, you can do it one time. I mean, you got one friend, don't you? Who is going to commit to do it? Are there 10? Are there 25? Is there 50? Is there somebody who will say, Pastor, you have my commitment with God as my helper. I'll do what I can do to get somebody else in this church this year. See, it's not just so we can say, oh, here's a new number that we have achieved. It's because of what this church can do in a marriage, in a home, in a life it's about what this world needs. It's about, think about what it's done in, in, in your life and in your home and in your family. A matter of fact, times like this reminds us of what, our, what the church really means to us and what the, what, the, what the church provides for us. And so tonight, I'm going to put a, as I've preached this morning, and, and I think God helped us this morning, the pressure I'm putting on you tonight I want commitments. And praise the Lord, I'm not asking for a financial commitment this week. You think God wants people saved? You think God wants your neighbors saved? Now, I remind you, it's not my job to save anybody. I can't save anybody, but I'm to publish it. Anybody can publish it. So tonight, it's, it's very, really very simple as we conclude the service. Who will commit? Who's going to make a commitment tonight between you and God? I thought about a way to do this. I thought about, do, do I have a show of hands? I thought about, you know, do I have people stand and say, I'll do it? I thought about... You know, just drafting you and say you stand. Okay, you're in it now. I thought about doing. I thought about doing all of that, but I want you, as an individual, to do business with God. And as the Spirit of God is speaking to you throughout this service and speaking to you now, who is going to make the commitment? I believe there's someone here who fit the category. If you've never learned. You don't have to be ashamed about that. Everybody had to learn. But you'll say, I'm willing to learn. I want to learn. And I want to learn so that I can be a witness. And if God would help me and able me to do it, I'd like to see somebody that the Lord, it's the outside of our own salvation. There is no feeling in the world like God using you as the instrument to give the gospel, and being in the presence of someone as they they bow their head and they yield their heart to the Spirit of God and trust Christ as their Savior, say, with God as my helper, I'll learn how to do it so that God can use me to be the human instrument to give the gospel to somebody. I believe there's people like that in the service tonight. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation, and I would ask you to respond. Make an effort To get to the altar, get on your knees if you're able and ask and make that commitment to God and ask God to enable you. I believe there are at least one, truthfully, I believe there's more than that. But I know there's one who could say, Pastor, I can make the commitment for the next 10 weeks that I'm going to do everything in my power to see one person saved each and every week. I'm going to make the commitment That in that 10 weeks, I'm going to have a visitor with me in church. Somebody that I've led to Christ. In that 10 weeks, I'm going to make a commitment to do everything in my power to see that person take the next step in their Christian life in believer's baptism. In that 10 weeks, I'm going to do everything I can with God as my helper to have somebody in the church with me. When the time of invitation comes, I would ask you to make an effort to get to the altar. I'm not asking you to commit that to me. I'm asking you to make a commitment to your God that if he'll enable you and allow you to do it, bring the people, I believe God will bring people across your path. I believe God does every week. We're just not always looking for them. I wonder, I believe there is, I believe there are people sitting before me tonight that the Spirit of God would impress upon you, say, Pastor, before this year's out of the next 10 months, the next 10 months, I'll do my part, I'll do everything I can do to have somebody in church with me. See, here's the thing if you make an effort, God will do the work in their heart. We just got to make the effort. I'll I'll do my best if I get I I'll just keep bringing them and I keep bringing them and I keep bringing them and I'll keep investing in them and I'll keep I'll keep and part of this is being saving a seat for somebody that's very important in in our current situation and, and being friendly to them and not just getting so locked into our world and, and what I what I what I need today but there's others who who need what is being offered right. see so I will commit that in the next ten months I'm gonna get I'm gonna do everything in my power to get somebody and if God if you'll help me. I'll get, I'll add I'll, I'll, with your help, I'll add somebody to the church. We we'll go to the invitation in just a moment. I would encourage you to make your way to the altar. If you can't kneel, sit somewhere, get as far as you can, and you make that commitment to the Lord. Little by little, one by one. I do not like what the devil has done to our nation. I don't like what's being done in our city. And we can p- complain about it. We can make political speeches about it. But the only thing that's going to make the difference is Jesus Christ. When my family moved here, we're going to turn the city upside down this year. Now we're going to go about it little by little. Do what each of us can do, and God will bless. Father, I pray that you would use the message tonight